The oral history of Cade tells of our beginning in 1880 under a brush arbor. Reverend George Wright of Grenada, Mississippi was elected the first pastor and served for 22 years. He was a carpenter and built the first church building. In 1904, the church had grown and a 24 by 45 foot building was erected on the property where Fondren Presbyterian presently stands under the leadership of Reverend J.E. Hendricks, the second pastor who served until 1908. He was followed by Reverend Bradley who served until 1912 and in 1912, Reverend A.C. Morris accepted the pastorate for 12 months. Under his leadership, services were held on the first and third Sunday. In 1913, Reverend W.P. Whitfield became the fifth pastor. During his three years as pastor, he used his leadership and the leader's participation in church-related activities to broaden the exposure of the growing congregation. And in 1917, Reverend A.H. Lovett was chosen pastor and served for six years while Cade Chapel and much of the world was being affected by World War I. In 1923, Reverend Frank Williams became the pastor and shared the ministry with Reverend W.H. Robertson for three years. In 1927, a new era began for Cade Chapel Missionary Baptist Church. This formative period introduced a new location for the church and a new pastor who would leave the congregation for the next 41 years. That year, Reverend J.D. Hayden became the pastor of an evolving church at Asylum Hill. And in 1928, after 24 years at that location, the church and the residents were uprooted by the city of Jackson and moved to a new location in Burden Addition, across from where the church stands today. Cade history is black history. Good morning. Good morning to each of you, my brothers and sisters in Christ. This is the day that the Lord has made. We are rejoicing and we are glad in it. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Go ahead and share this with your family, with your friends. Let them know that you're watching K Chapel live right now. Why? Because this worship is going to be too good for anybody to miss. Share it right now. Text your neighbor, text your friend, get them on board. We're going to have an awesome time in the Lord God of our salvation. Don't you know the Lord is great and he is greatly to be praised on this morning. Amen, amen, and amen. Won't you join me in a moment of prayer as we get ready to lift up the Lord, lift up our Savior. Father God, in the name of Jesus, how grateful and how thankful we are for another day's journey. You've been so good. You've been so mighty. You're a strong God. You're an able God. And you're a faithful God. God, right now we come to you in many different places all across this country. God, we gather by way of technology, but our spirits are united. And we thank you, oh God, that we are one in you. And so right now, Lord, we've come to lift you up. There's none like you. So we lift up your name. There's none like you. We lift up your majesty. There's none like you. We lift you up, O oh God, for you said if you be lifted up, you will draw all men unto you. So, Lord, we lift you up right now. We say hallelujah to your name. We glorify you. We magnify you. And we thank you for giving us all that you give us. How good you are. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Have your way, God. Speak to our hearts and be glorified as we lift you up this morning. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 
and amen. Well, come on and stand to your feet in your home, in your living room, in your kitchen, wherever you are. Stand to your feet because it's time that we now lift the Savior up. Let's lift him up, y'all. Thank mm-hmm. you.
name is Deacon Thomas Owens. The morning scripture is coming from Mark 10, 26 to 28. And it reads, And they were exceeding astonished, saying to him, Then how can we be saved? Jesus looked at them, saying, With, with man it is impossible, but not with God. For all things are possible with God. Peter began to tell them, Behold, we have left all and followed you. Let us pray. Almighty God, we come this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. Thanking you for watching over us last night and able us to rise this morning in the frame of our right mind. Father, it's one that we've been so good. Father, your grace and your mercy enable us to rise and see a brand new day. We want to thank you for it. I want to thank you for the raiment. I want to thank you for the food you prepared for us this morning. I want to thank you for the many blessings that gave us to enjoy this morning in this inclement weather, almighty God. Father, I know that you are God besides you. There's no other God. And you will protect us as we go through this here. Father, put your loving arms around us as the inclement weather approaches upon us. And Father, right now we're standing in the need of prayer, praying that you bless us as we go through this pandemic. Bless us, almighty God. Enable us to have the strength to understand that you are a provider. That if we just touch the hem of your garment, Almighty God, we'll be made whole. Father, there are some among us that are sick. Bless them right now in the name of Jesus. Father, there are some are incarcerated. Father, bless them right now. Father, bless the homeless that right now do not have a place to go right now in this inclement weather. Father, look for our shepherd right now. Bless Reverend Buckley. Let him go more deep than the Holy Spirit so he might be able to feed his flock. Shield him and protect him, almighty God, him and his family. We want to thank you for him. We want to thank you for a great leader. We want to thank you for this community. And Father, we pray for our land, country, city. Father, protect us if we search our whole will from this crime and violence. Father, we lean in it and depend upon your holy righteousness. Just be with us. We want to thank you for going on y'all cross for us, almighty God, and you died for our sin. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this day. You go with us and we travel this straight, narrow highway. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 God bless you. God bless you. Thank you so much, Deacon Owens, for being here with us on this morning. Listen, this is this is February 14th. It's 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 Valentine's Day. Amen. I see you got your red towels. Sister Owens, put that on you. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. <laughs> Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Listen, if you're keeping up with our 28 days of, of prayer and certainly our devotional, Go Be Great, you should have read this morning the devotional about being thoughtful. Being thoughtful. Being thoughtful was the title for this morning. And I, I want, as we continue into this worship experience, I want you to do something. I want you to do something for me. If, if you are watching by way of your computer or your television, or your iPad, and you have your smart device available, you have a phone available available where you can text someone, why don't you get your phone available where you can text someone? Because I want, you to, I want you to think about something. I want you to think about someone who has served a great role in your life, or someone who you look up to, or someone who's just doing a great job at something, right? If, if, that, if that person is a great friend, or a great confidant, a great listener, a great encourager, uh, maybe you've got a great parent, parents, maybe you've got a great son, a great daughter, uh, wh whatever it is, you've got a great, a great role model, a great friend, whatever it is, I want you to think about that individual for just a moment, or those individuals, 
And while they're on your mind, I want you to do something thoughtful right now, okay? I want you to text them. I want you to text them right now. I want you to thank them for being the great whatever, right? If they're a great friend, thank them for being a great friend. Thank them for being a great a great encourager, a great support, a great listener, a, a great confidant. Whatever, whatever role they played in your life, go ahead and send them a text message right now. Be thoughtful. Be thoughtful and tell them thank you for being the great whatever they are, whatever they've served in your life. Go ahead and text them right now. Go ahead. And, can, can we, uh, can, why, why, they're texting too. Amen. I see y'all texting. Amen. Amen. They're texting somebody. Give, give us a little, give us a little, uh, give us a little music, a little uh, Jeopardy music. Can you give us a little Jeopardy music while that's going on? Amen. You got, a, you got a, what is it, about two minutes Jeopardy music? I don't know. <laughs> Go ahead and take a few minutes. Text your neighbor. Text that thought. Person, tell them, tell them thank you. Take, take that great person. Tell them thank you. Tell them thank you. Tell them thank you. Let me text somebody. I got a got somebody on mine right now. Hold on. Let me text them right now. Let me see. into a long text conversation so if it gets real weird here's what I want you to do I want you to text and say listen um, my pastor asked me to do this <laughs> or if, it, if the person said maybe the person sent back some question mark like why is this tell him tell him I'm in worship live stream do it text him tell him I'm in worship live stream my pastor asked me to text someone who's great in my life and you are that person right now you're about to sign off and say, I got to go back to worship. I got to go back to worship. See you soon. Got to go back to worship. Going back to worship. Very good, very good. Amen, amen. Let's be thoughtful, amen. Let's be thoughtful to people who are great in our lives, amen. Listen, it's giving time, time for us to give now to our Lord, our God, and our Savior who gives so much to us. He loves us, and because he loves us, he provides for us. What a great provider he is and has been and continues to be in our lives. He opens up the windows of heaven and pours out blessings that we don't even have room enough to receive it. Why? Because he's just that kind of God. What a great provider. What a great father we have in our Lord. Listen, we want you to give by any number of ways uh, that are listed on your screen right now. But whatever you do, however you choose to give, two things we want you to do. Give so regularly and give so cheerfully. Why? Because the Lord loves a cheerful, cheerful giver. Amen and amen.
Bless the ones that do not have to give. Almighty God, thank you for what you're going to do 
have done and continue to do in our life. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 God bless you. God bless you. Thank you, Jesus. You are the center, the center, the center of our joy. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Come on in the timeline. Thank this band for this wonderful music ministry that they have been providing all month long. Continue to provide as the instrumentalist and those who are gifted with the instruments. We thank God for the anointing on their lives this morning. It sounds like we're we're highlighting the bass. Amen. Highlighting the bass, Mr. Mr. Ken Minor. Ken is, I guess you're the you're the senior among these musicians. You you've been with Cade longer than anybody. How long you been with Cade now, Ken? It's longer than that. Cause you came up. I remember you came up to Danville when when I was pastoring up there. You you were playing the bass in, up there. So that's. You, you've been here for a minute. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So before I came back, I know you won't staff then. Amen. God bless you. So he, he's been here for a minute. Amen. So Ken Minor on bass this, this morning. We're highlighting the, the wonderful music ministry uh, of the bass guitar. Amen. They're going to come one more time uh, before the word of God. Pray for us. Uh, pray for one another as we prepare to enter into the word of the Lord.
Verses number 46 through 48, 46 through 48, Mark chapter number 10. And there you will find these words recorded. 
When they came to Jericho, as Jesus and his disciples, together with a loud crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he, he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. I want to use as a subject this morning, let me be great. Let me be great. Recently, I was reintroduced uh, to to the amazing story of, of Carl Brashear. Carl Brashear, if the name doesn't ring a bell, uh, I want you to watch the movie entitled Men of Honor. Men of Honor starring Cuba Gooding Jr. Because in that movie, you will see the story of Carl Brashear, who was a Navy diver. That in itself was an incredible feat because Brashear joined the Navy in 1948. In 1948, that was a time when men who served in the military, particularly the Navy, were relegated to being cooks and valets and serving in menial stewardship capacities. But Brashear, Brashear, Brashear wanted to be more than just a cook. He, he wanted to be more than a butler and a valet. He, he wanted to be more than the menial things that had been ascribed and set aside for men of color. Carl Brashear wanted to be a Navy diver. And in that movie, which Brashear served as technical advisor on, you get to see some of the physical challenges and some of the systemic struggles that he endured and eventually overcame. One, one, one of my favorite scenes, one of my favorite scenes, Deacon, in the movie is at the end of the movie when Cuba Gooding Jr. as Brashear is petitioning to be reinstated into full active duty after having had his leg amputated due to an accident on a Navy ship. Navy top brass had already decided that they were going to discharge him, believing that as an amputee that his Navy career was all but over. But Brashear requests a hearing and the opportunity to prove that he was still able to serve and continue his Navy career. And there before a panel of Navy officers with a 290-pound diving suit on him, Brashear has to walk 12 steps in order to be reinstated. 12 steps doesn't sound like much. 12 steps, you could do that very easily. But put 290 pounds on top of you and then walk. 12 steps uh, he 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 gets he gets the suit on and 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 he is standing up uh, and he begins to walk one two three steps four five six steps but by the eighth step you see the agony on his face you see the sweat pouring down from his brow and by the eighth step that prosthetic leg of his has given way to the weight of the suit and the integrity of the leg is just about gone and it looks like Brashear is not going to make it. 
But the verbal push from his sharp tongue drill sergeant gives him the inspiration that he needs to stand up straight and to dig deep and to complete the task. And after walking those 12 steps with tears streaming down his face and sweat pouring from his brow, Brashear is reinstated to active service. And from there, he goes on to become the first African-American to become a master diver in the United States Navy. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. In order for him to accomplish that great achievement, Brashear had to not only want to be great, but he had to push and demand from others that they let him be great. That's what this text helps us to understand this morning. That in life, sometimes you will encounter those who are content with letting you be average. They are satisfied with you remaining in your situation. They are good with you being where you are and staying where you are. They are fine with you doing with what you have already done and achieving what you've already done. They're good with that. But as soon as you want to be more and do more and accomplish more and be responsible for more than they have imagined or more than they have considered or more than they are comfortable with you having that's when the tension emerges it's when you want to be more be more than what they are ready for you to be when when you are ready to do more than they ever considered you doing when you have the audacity to want to challenge preconceived notions and stereotypes when you want more for yourself and you're ready to operate in new positions take on new titles take on new challenges demonstrate new competencies and capabilities and thereby set new standards and create new expectations that's when the problems surface that, that has been the narrative of African Americans in this country. We have had to push against ideas of what we couldn't be and couldn't do and insist, let us be great. We've had to dismantle walls of discrimination and insist, let us be great. We've had to work against institutional structures and systems built to keep us from doing certain things, operating in certain capacities, having certain opportunities and holding certain offices and demand that this country let us be great. And when they let us be great, we have a history of giving to the world the likes of those never before seen, doing things never before done. When they let us be great, we give to the the world the Mae Jemisons and the Ronald McNairs when they let us be great we give to the world Mary Ellen Pleasant and Matthew Henson when they let us be great we give to the world Ursula Burns and Bessie Coleman when they let us be great we give to the world great artists great entertainers great intellects great athletes great architects we give to the world great scientists great astronauts great airline pilots we give to the world great policymakers, great educators great city designers great CEOs and great presidents but throughout the history of this nation we have had to be bold enough to live out the saying let us be great quit holding me back and let me be great Quit keeping me down and let me be great. Quit building up walls and let me be great. Quit rigging the race for your own and let me be great. Quit stacking the deck and let me be great. Quit setting obstacles in my way and let me be great. Quit creating false narratives about who I am and where I came from and what I'm able to do and let me be great. That's what, that's what, that's what we find in this text. This man, Bartimaeus. Wanted more for himself than what those around him had gotten used to him having. 
He wanted more than what his life had become. Now, 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 now stick with me here because let me unpack it just a little bit. This man's name, Bartimaeus, is not insignificant in this story. The meaning of his name matters. And Matthew, I'm sorry, Mark tells us the meaning of his name. Bar means son of. Timaeus is his father's name. He is the son of Timaeus. And so really, we, we really don't get his name. We get his relationship. He is the son of Timaeus. And so even though he is named, he is still unnamed. He's named but yet unnamed because he's living, he's living really under the shadow of his father. Bar Timaeus. Timaeus in the Aramaic means honor. And so to say Bar Timaeus is to say son of honor. His name means son of honor. His name suggests then that that he should occupy some position of respectability, son of honor. He should be recognized and respected among his peers, son of honor. He should be recognized as a role model for others to follow, son of honor. He should be highly regarded within his culture and among his countrymen, son of honor. And yet nothing could be further from his reality because Bartimaeus is confined to begging on the side of the road. Due to the fact, not that he was lazy, not not that he didn't have any particular skill, he was banned to that condition because he was blind. His name identifies him as a son of honor and yet his lot in life is anything but that. And every time someone calls his name, Bartimaeus, They are saying son of honor and to hear son of honor and to see his own condition and to know his own condition, it's like a slap in the face. Son of honor. Even if they didn't know or mean anything by it, just to call his name was a cruel reminder of his reality. For what honor is there in begging on the side of the road? What honor? Is there asking passersby for spare change? What honor is there in living a life of dependency upon the benevolence of bystanders? What what honor is there? His name, son of honor, yet there is none. There is no notability, no prestige, no esteem, no respectability for this beggar begging on the side of the road. But apparently, apparently there had been some tension building up inside of Bartimaeus. There had to be something restless inside of him that said there was something greater for him than what he was, than where he was. There was something better for him than what he was doing, something bigger for him than begging on the side of the road because the text says that when he heard that Jesus was passing by, Jesus was nearby, that Bartimaeus did something that took everybody by surprise. He started yelling, 
Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I can't see you, but I hear you. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, I'm over here. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. You, you don't know me, but I've heard about you, Jesus. T- c- come, come here, come here. Come here, see about me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy. And it seems like, it seems like Jesus didn't hear him. And the people, the people, the people did. Jesus didn't, but the people did. And the people got upset with Bartimaeus and told him, shh, be quiet. Keep your peace. He's busy. He doesn't have Time to come over here and fool with you, you, you beggar. Hush! Jesus got more important things to do. You can't expect him to come and spend time with you. Be quiet, Bartimaeus, son of honor. Hush! We'll bring you some change. Be quiet. We know that's all you want. Hush! Somebody go put something in his cup. Keep him quiet. But the text says Bartimaeus wouldn't stop yelling. In fact, Justin, he cried out all the more. Instead of lowering his voice, he gets louder. And I like that about this story because what it says, first of all, is that if you're going to live out the great potential inside of you and fulfill the great purposes that God has ordained for you, then first of all, you must refuse to let your voice go unheard. That's number one. Refuse to let your voice go unheard. Shh. Hush, Bartimaeus. Give him some money, y'all. Keep him quiet. Jesus! Son of David, have mercy on me. You see, there comes a time. Well, I wish I could preach it the way I felt it. There comes a time, there comes a critical moment when you must exercise the power of your voice. And this was Bartimaeus' moment. This was his chance. This was the opportunity that he had been waiting for. And he had to make a decision. Either, either he would keep quiet, listen to those who were telling him to be quiet. Either he would simmer down and hush. Or he would continue to let his voice be heard. Mm. He could either remain silent and keep his peace or he could take a chance and call attention upon himself. Watch this. And call attention to the problem. 
He could take a chance and ask for an audience with Jesus. He could take a chance and make a spectacle of himself in the hopes that his lot in life would be made different. And listen to me, I don't know who I'm talking to, but speaking up for yourself, yes, I know it can sometimes be risky. You risk being rejected. You risk being ignored. You risk even being labeled an outsider, a rebel rouser. But hear me and hear me well, there is no progress in silence. There is no progress in silence. There is no progress in silence in order for the world to change people have had to speak up in order for things to change people have had to look at issues and address issues of injustice speak up and point out inconsistencies speak up and highlight what's happening speak up and talk about what's wrong and what needs to be changed and let me warn you because this is the kind of thing that does not win you a whole lot of friends when you start to speak up and let your voice be heard this is the kind of thing when those who have been rolling with you will step back a little bit and see what happens to you because if they chop your neck we don't want ours chopped so we'll let you be the sacrificial lamb but throughout history the great ones are those who saw and seized their moment to say something to do something to call attention to something to insist upon something being changed and something being done differently now listen that doesn't mean you need to always be out on the front lines always having something to say. That doesn't mean that you, you need to get all the press conferences and you be out front and you be the spokesperson for everything, that you're always in a fight. That's not what this means, but, but it does mean that in those critical moments when opportunity meets you, that you don't shy away. Bartimaeus yelled. And hear me, y'all, his yelling made people mad. The fact that Bartimaeus made a ruckus made the people get angry. And here's what I need you to understand. Everybody is not committed to your come up. Everybody is not committed to your come up. Everybody is not interested in your advancement. Everybody is not excited about your opportunity to move up and move on. And just because they see you every day does not mean that they are with you in your struggle. I wish I had a witness in here. Just because they pass you by every day does not mean that they identify with you or your condition. So hear me and hear me well. Don't ever confuse charity with support. Don't ever confuse charity with support. Don't think that every gift means that they got your back. These people who gave Bartimaeus their spare change every day were more interested in their peace of mind rather than Bartimaeus's opened eyes. So for them, it was nothing to say, keep quiet. Quit stirring things up. We'll put some spare money in your cup every day if you just watch this. Hush. Reminds me of some people who get paid off right now if they just hush. Don't say anything. Don't make any stink about this. Just let this pass by. We know you're a person of influence, and if you yell your voice, people will, will follow you. So here's a little something in your cup. Hush. And then there's some, there's some, there's some who are more concerned about how they look before others, and they just want you to be quiet so that, so that, so that watch this, so that you don't make them look bad. 
It's like, it's like, it's like, it's like that thing that you want to hide when company comes. Y'all pray with me for a minute. That, that thing that you want to hide when company comes. You want to put on your best and, and have everything in place. And finally, when you got everything just about right and looking nice and smelling nice, here comes Bartimaeus. <laughs> Keeping up noise. Calling attention to the worst part of what's really happening and he won't be quiet. You see, people don't mind Bartimaeus begging. What they don't appreciate is when Bartimaeus starts using his voice to do something other than begging. When he stops begging and starts speaking. When he stops begging and starts calling attention to the issue, when he stops begging for money and starts highlighting the need for a miracle, that's when somebody said, get him quiet. Sometimes you have to silence the noise by amplifying your voice. Get ready, y'all. Get ready because when you start speaking up and speaking out, Bartimaeus gets labeled as a troublemaker. When he won't hush. Get ready if you're going to use your voice because the Bartimaeuses of the world are called rebel rousers when they point out where attention is needed and won't stop talking about it. Get ready. The Bartimaeuses of the world get put off of committees and get bumped into cubicle offices when they won't be quiet and just go along and get along. Get ready. The Bartimaeuses of the world don't get invited to the social clubs or go to the office outings. Get ready. The Bartimaeuses of the world are the outsiders and the outliers who just want to be kept quiet. Bartimaeus could not keep quiet because he saw something for himself and something about himself that the others could not see. And that's the second thing to remember. If you're going to live out your great potential inside of you and fulfill the great purposes that God has ordained for you, then you must secondly refuse to let your vision be undervalued. Refuse to let your vision be undervalued. I'm convinced. One of the reasons that the people rebuked Bartimaeus wanted him to be quiet, Ken, was simply because they undervalued his vision. They undervalued his vision. Don't miss that. They undervalued his vision. You're going to get it in a second. They undervalued his vision. Wait a minute, Pastor. I thought he was blind. He was. They undervalued his vision. What do you say? They undervalued his vision. His vision was important to him, but his vision was not their issue. So they undervalued his vision. They rebuked him because his sight did not mean much to them, but it meant everything to him. So they undervalued his vision. They had grown accustomed to him being a beggar on the side of the road and seeing him in any other condition was not on their minds. His sight didn't matter nearly as much to them as it mattered to him. So they undervalued his vision. But Bartimaeus wouldn't be quiet Because he saw, yes, he saw something about himself that they could not see. 
he perceived something about himself that they could not sense. Yes, he saw and he believed something about himself that they had yet to come to understand that he was going to live up to his name at some point, in some moment, at some day. He was going to be the son of honor. He had a vision that people were not going to look down upon him as a charity case the rest of his life. He had a vision that he was not going to live out the rest of his life begging by the side of the road. He had a vision that his life would not remain a, 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 an oxymoron. He had a vision, and even if the people around him didn't see it or share it, he was not going to give up on his vision for himself. Listen. When you have your vision and you know your vision, listen to me, know the value of your vision. In other words, in other words, in other words, what would it mean for that vision, that thing to manifest? That's the value of it. What would it mean for that vision to come to pass? That's the value of it. And someone may not value your vision as much as you, or at least act like they don't value your vision as much as you. But as long as you are clear about why it matters, what it changes, how it impacts, hear me and hear me well, don't let others talk you out of the value of your vision. Don't let them make you think that you're doing all right and you ought to just leave well enough alone. Know the value of your vision. Don't let them make you settle for where you are and what you've accomplished. Know the value of your vision. Don't let them talk you into believing that the sacrifice and the struggle aren't worth the end results. Know the value of your vision. Don't let them make you believe that it's too much and it'll take too long and it will require too much of an investment for the return to come back. You do the math, you do the homework, you do the research and know the value of your vision. Somebody is sitting on potential that others would love to have. Know the value of your vision. You have resources at your fingertips that others want to keep you in the dark about. Know the value of your vision. There are business opportunities in front of you that others hope you don't see. Know the value of your vision and don't sell your vision for cheap. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, when you know the value of your vision, here's the last thing, you can refuse to let your victory rest in the hands of others. Refuse to let your victory rest in the hands of others. Here's Bartimaeus at the crossroads. Has a decision to make. Will he acquiesce to the request of his fellow townspeople and hold his peace? Or will he keep the pressure on and keep yelling? Will he hush or will he heighten the volume? Text is clear. Bartimaeus yells out all the more. Jesus! Son of David! Have mercy on me. They're trying to talk over me. Jesus! Son of David. Have mercy on me. They, they don't want you to come see about me. Jesus! Son of David. Have 
mercy on me. And he keeps yelling. And it is really an exercise of what we call civil disobedience. For Bartimaeus declares that he was not simply going to wait on those who had been giving him alms to now change his condition because if they could change his condition, they would have by now perhaps. But he knows that now it's not in their hands to do anything. He understood that this victory was not going to come from them, but it had to come from the Lord. They could give him money, but they could not perform this miracle. This victory was not in their hands, but it would come from the Lord. They could give him charity, but they could not change his condition. This victory was going to come from the Lord. They could give him benevolence but they could do nothing about his blindness. This victory was going to come from the Lord. They could give him silver coins but they couldn't do anything to help him see creation. This victory had to come from the Lord and because Bartimaeus had clear enough sight to know that they could do nothing and they could do nothing. They could help him in no kind of way for his vision. What Bartimaeus decides to do is stop acquiescing to the request of the people and decide I'm going to reach out, I'm going to cry out, I'm going to yell out, let me be great. Jesus, come see about me. Let me be great. Let me break out of where I am. Let me break out of what I've been. Let me break out of what I've done. Let me break out of what you think I'm going to do all the rest of my life. Jesus! And I need to tell somebody this morning that it's all right if they call you noisy, it's all right if they say you're too loud. Because every now and then, you ought to make up some noise. Every now and then, you ought to yell out loud. Every now and then, you ought to stop being quiet and, and yell out to the Lord. Every now and then, you ought to walk through your house and pray out loud and make up some noise. When you need the Lord to touch you, it's all right to make up some noise and tell the Lord, Lord, I need you. It's all right to make up some noise and say, come by here, dear Lord, kumbaya, my Lord. It's all right to make up some noise and say, Father, I stretch my hands to to be no other help I know if thou withdraw thyself from me whether shall I go every now and then you ought to make up some noise and say if it had not been for the Lord on my side make up some noise make up some noise make folk get uncomfortable make make up some noise I'm sorry I'm sorry if you don't understand my praise Ken but praise is just what I do when I when I feel happy praise is what I do when I got problems praise is what I do when I got issues praise is what I do when I'm going through pain praise is what I do when I see the darkness praise is what I do is there anybody at home today who can testify that praise gets a little noisy sometimes praise gets a little high sometimes praise gets a little loud sometimes but every now and then I gotta get noisy because I know that the victory watch this is not in the hands of man but the victory is gonna be given to me by my great God my great God and I don't know how y'all feel about it but I'm glad that there's some victories that just can't come from man. I'm glad there's some victories that, that, that man can't, 
can't influence and cannot impact. I'm glad there's some things that man don't have any business in. Do I have a witness here? I'm glad there's some things that man can't put his hands on. Isn't the Lord all right today? It reminds me of the old gospel song. I heard the same song right say when she said, I'm glad man didn't make the sunshine for he may not allow it to shine on me. I'm glad that man didn't make the raindrops cause he might forget to water the grain. Oh, I'm so glad that man didn't create me because if it were up to man, he might forget to come see about me. Is there anybody out there that's glad? That's glad. That's glad. That's glad. That's glad. So glad. So glad that God made me. And because he made me, there are some victories, watch this, that I absolutely, 100%, all his and his alone to do. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. When you cry out like that, I'm convinced that as God has done for us down through the years, he'll be good to us. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face to shine upon you, be gracious unto you, and give you his peace. I said victory. Jesus is mine, victory is mine, victory today is mine, I told Satan,
Hallelujah. Listen, there's no greater victory that you can ever have than being saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. Good news this morning, he died on a cross to give you the victory of new life in him. And if you're there, if you're there listening, if you've listened to this word, if you've been listening by way of technology for going on a year now, why don't you make the decision that's been yours to make for some time right now that is giving your life to Christ, that is also joining this church family. I know I know some of you have been debating and wondering what does membership look like since we're not meeting in the church. It's real simple. It looks like you making a decision. It looks like you dialing the number that's on your screen right now and simply saying, you know what, this church has been blessing me, this church has been feeding me, this church has given me nourishment for my soul and for my spirit, and I want to connect with K-Chapel. Listen, we'd be glad to have you, we'd be glad to be your brothers and sisters in Christ, and I would be delighted and privileged to serve as your pastor. Call the number that's on your screen right now. We're waiting to hear from you. Join right now. God bless you. Victory today is mine. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. May the grace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with each of you now, henceforth, and forevermore. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. God bless you. Go be great.